Welcome to the Amherst Wesleyan Church Sermon Podcast. For seven days, no yeast is to be found in your houses. And whoever eats anything with yeast in it must be cut off from the community of Israel, whether he is an alien or native-born. Eat nothing made with yeast. Wherever you live, you must eat unleavened bread. Unleavened bread, (laughs) right? All of this around flatbread. Later in Deuteronomy, God says to them, I want you to remember this because you left in a hurry, right? This bread that I want you to eat is because you couldn't possibly do anything else. When you were told to leave, you were to take this and you were to go quickly. I saved you quickly. Remember that. I saved you quickly and I gave you a new life. Yeast also meant something else to the Jewish people. And we see this in the New Testament too. Paul was a devout Jew. Remember, he was Saul to begin with. And he chased down Christians because he thought they were heretics actually. Right? And he says in Galatians 5, 9 that a little yeast works through the entire batch of dough. And that's the picture here. You can't just have a tiny little bit of this in one corner of the bread, right? Once it's in that batch of dough, it's in. You either have bread with yeast or a life with sin, or you have a life without sin or bread without yeast. So that's part of what's going on here. The other part is that bread was the staple. Like we eat a lot of bread, right? But not like them. Bread was at every meal. It was the vehicle for getting the other food into your body. And if you were poor, it was all you had. It was life. It was the source of life. So when the Israelites, the Jewish people, are saying that they're just going to eat that, they're saying, I'm just, I'm just going to have the pure source of life. But there's a step in here that we need to, we need to think about before we even get to that. God told them that they had to clear their house of yeast. They didn't just go to the cupboard and go, okay, well, there's the yeast in the bag. And they didn't go to the other cupboard and go, oh, there's the bread in the bag. They scoured the entire house looking for crumbs. Looking for crumbs. And they would take those crumbs and they would sweep them up onto a spoon and they went into the bag too. And that spoon went into the bag and it went outside of the house, and they burnt it. They wouldn't even burn it in their house. That's how serious they were about it. 
So they were saying, sin, out of here. Out of here. Out of my house. And for seven days, I'm going to eat nothing that has yeast in it. Because they knew what the source of life was. I'm not actually sure that they entirely got it. But do you see it? The source of life is who? The Messiah. Jesus. The pure, sinless one. And just in the same way that this yeast gets sprinkled into 12, 10 cups of flour, right? And mixes in, and there's no way of pulling that out. It doesn't take very much, does it, to affect the whole batch of bread. And it's the same with our lives. Sin mixes into our lives, and it can seem like this tiny little bit, and it can seem so appealing sometimes, can't it? We can say to ourselves, oh, I just need it to feel better. it's not really that big of a deal. Or we say to ourselves, well, you know what, I know know what's wrong, but if, if I do this, then I'll be able to relax a little bit, and then I'll be able to get my head on straight. Yeah, and, and then it'll be good. So it, it, it's not that bad. It's actually helpful. Or I just feel empty. I feel empty. I feel sad. I feel lonely. I feel unloved. And if I just, if I just do this, you know, all that's going to go away. So how can it really be that bad? That's the stuff we tell ourselves, isn't it? It's what we tell ourselves. I just need some retail therapy. Yep, that's what I need. Oh, it's been an awfully rough day. I'm going to stop at the DQ and I'm getting the biggest Sunday they've got. Or I know I've got that bag of potato chips at home and I'm going to go home and I'm going to eat the whole thing and I'm going to feel better when that's done. They did that to me. Oh, they got it coming. They got it coming, and it's going to be good. <laughs> oh. They said they were sorry, but you know what? That really hurt, so I'm just going to keep reminding them and reminding them and reminding them of how much that hurt, and then I'll feel better. Or I just need a distraction. Life's too hard right now, so I'm, I'm going to... I'm going to have a couple of drinks or something. Or I'm going to go to that site and just escape. Or sometimes we think to ourselves, and this is the one that like, it's really tricky, is we, we think to ourselves, I can do this. Uh, if I just keep going, if I just keep thinking, and if I just keep working, it'll all work out. Because I can do this. I, I can do this. I can do this. Or I've really messed up. Nobody, nobody can find out about that. I've got to cover it up. I've got to cover it up somehow. It'll just be a couple of lies. It'll be all right. 
The problem is, is that each of these things, it's sin. No matter what, it is sin. And we may think it's just once, or it's really not that bad, or it won't hurt. But it is sin. It is greed, gluttony, adultery, immorality, revenge, unforgiveness, pride, deceitfulness, lying. We thought, we thought it would help, but it just doesn't. It makes it worse. Instead, greed destroys us financially and it ruins our relationships, doesn't it? All lies and deceitfulness, they hurt us and they hurt other people. Sexual immorality before and during marriage, it destroys. And revenge, well, that just sets us on a path that never stops, ever. And unforgiveness keeps us in this cycle that just makes us bitter. And using things to escape or to control just leaves us more and more lost. And money, more money, well, that's not going to solve anything. We just keep wanting more and more and more. And it leaves us wanting and more hungry. Turn with me to John chapter 6. And we're going to start reading there at verse 25. John 6, 25. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get there? Here, rather. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. You are looking for me not because you saw miraculous signs, because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. On him, God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, what must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So they asked him, what miraculous sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our forefathers ate manna in the desert as it is written. They gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth. It is not Moses who has given you bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, from now on, give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty.
These people in this remind me how dense we can be, <laughs> right? He had just fed 5,000 people with a little bit of food. And here they are asking for a miraculous sign to make sure it's really him. Seriously? But do you hear the love in Jesus' voice? He's like, come on, guys. Come on. Do you not see it? You don't need a miraculous sign. You need me. If you want life, if you want real life, you need me. I am that bread of life. Jesus is the unleavened bread in the feast of unleavened bread. He is that pure, sinless source of life. There's nothing else. Don't trick yourself. Don't think that a little bit of sin is okay. It's going to work into the wholeness of your life. And he's the only one that can take it away. The only one. Sometimes the distance from our head to a heart can be the longest distance. It's only 12 inches. But it can often be the longest distance. You may have been hearing this for a long time, but you've known it here only. Let the Holy Spirit work in your heart. As we look at this feast, there's two things that we need to see. The first one is, we have to clean house. We have to do what the Jewish people do in this feast. They just don't go to the cupboard and grab the thing yeast, the obvious thing, and they just don't go to the other cupboard and grab the bread, the other obvious thing. We know that there's certain things in our life that we struggle with, right? But they did more than that. They scoured the house. David in the psalm says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. See if there is any wicked way in me. Any. We have to be willing to do that. We have to say to God, come in. I know about these things, and I, I keep giving you these big things, but... Show me if there's anything more. Don't let me just sweep it into the corners. Help me clean house. The second thing we see in this feast is they got rid of it. They took it outside of the house to burn it. They didn't even do it in their fireplace. They said, we want no part of this anymore. That's the way that we have to be with it. We have to say, okay. There it is. I need it out of my life. And 1 John 1, 9 tells us how to get rid of it. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us and cleanse us. Amen? This isn't easy, but it's what we have to do. And so if you've known this with your head, 
for a long time and it hasn't settled to your heart, let it settle today. Let it settle today. Come to Jesus if you've never before. Come to him and say, I will follow you. I don't want any more of this. I want it gone. And if you are his, give him the whole house. Give him the whole house and let him clean it out because he is the bread of life. We have this table in front of us today. We're going to take communion together. And this is what it's all about, folks. Jesus came. He died. His body was broken. Tortured. And we have bread. Bread to remember that he did that for us. But it didn't end there, did it? He died and he rose again. Jesus is the source of life. Right? So whether this morning was the first time you said, Jesus, yes, take my life and take all my sin, or whether you've been following him for a long time, or for days, or for weeks, this is for you. This is for you to come and remember together that he broke his body, but his blood in this cup, right? That's why we have the cup because his blood was poured out for us, literally poured out of his body for us. And then he died and he rose again. So come. Thanks for listening and being part of our church and joining us in this journey to become down-to-earth people following Jesus in down-to-earth ways.